Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, as usual, we are back with another hot episode. James, have you been? It's been a while. Yes, indeed. It's been almost two months. Oh, almost yeah. two months, I think. Yeah, we didn't get to film one last month. Yeah. And we normally do month by month at least one episode. I realized because as we took our time, like I was like, oh, I forgot how things, where things went like mm. setting up so we're a bit rusty yeah yeah so please forgive us if we're we don't seem like our usual selves in terms of how we deliver today's podcast but we'll try our best yeah but <laughs> other than that my life's been simple just just the usual um i handed in my last assignment oh that's a big life a milestone two, right yeah, there past, yeah, and then looking into full-time jobs currently and then just really thinking about the future mm. that's kind of how my life's been what mm. what about you ij uh nothing new just same work church gym repeat <laughs> kind of lifestyle that's the life yeah business as usual nothing much um but yeah i'm just excited just doing everyday things trying to look for god in the the mundane moments and spending Amen. time with him the best way i can but other than that it's pretty much the same but we do have a treat for you guys yes, today. We do. We do. And before we start, we're going to do our usual. You've been listening to the King's Army podcast, and we're going to play our intro. Okay. Yeah. So, as this part of the podcast, we normally introduce our guests. And could you please do the honor, James? Who do we have this week? Well, this man, we do not have to tell him to wear black today because <laughs> he is always wearing black anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his color. He has. He's got eagle wings when he's worshiping. <laughs> um, let's all welcome. The man himself, Tom. Please enter the podcast arena. Hello. Forget to put your Tom's wife, Ina, created these brownies for us today. Baked them with her, her sheer kindness. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Yes. If you're watching or listening, we really do appreciate um and yeah she also made a soup chicken soup yeah i'm excited to get into that as well thanks again should we you give know? a little bit of a taster oh okay yeah this is the first time we're eating on this podcast. is uh yeah it's a, a live oh i'll get a corner piece in a special is brownie you'll you'll find this in a lot of church um events thank you that's exciting exciting made by hand i believe yes no nuts Mmm, these are good. Thank you once again. Thanks for the sponsorship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sponsored by Ernest Brownies. <laughs> so eating. Well, this is the first time we've eaten. It's hard to talk and eat at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. On a podcast. We didn't, we didn't think this through. <laughs> but, um, welcome. Welcome. 
good to be here, guys. <laughs> so we're, we're like trying to like eat our room. But as per usual, whenever our guest comes on, we always have an icebreaker. Let's break the... Crack, crack, crack. Ice. Let's break the ice. I'm going to give you eight rapid questions, Tom. <laughs> First question. What do you eat for breakfast? Nothing. So I usually don't have breakfast um, until about 12, 1. Oh. Um, just trying to keep the, the fat off my body. Oh. So um, I, usually I don't eat till about 12 to 1. I see. Um, but if I was to eat breakfast, I'd have a massive breakfast, like a big breakfast. Like, like bacon and eggs? Like bacon, yeah. sausage, eggs, everything, scrambled eggs, all of that. I see, I see. Yeah. Second question, what is your favourite movie? Oh, my favourite movie of all time is uh, He Got Game. Oh, I've never heard of that movie. It's a Denzel Washington um, starring movie and it also has um, Ray Allen, the NBA player. Oh, it's a basketball game. It's a basketball yeah. movie mm. um, directed by, I think it's Spike Lee. Spike, Spike oh, Lee, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, I'm a big basketball fan, so yeah. I see. Um, third question, Batman or Iron Man? Ah, oh. Batman or Iron Man? Iron Man. Iron Man? Yep. Why Iron Man? I'm not really a big fan of the DC. Really? Oh. I thought you would say Batman. I thought you would say... Uh, I, I thought you were saying black. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know what? Yeah, he, he dresses nice, but yeah, I prefer Iron Man. Just on that, like, why, why do you always wear black? It's just, I don't know. It's just easy. Like, it doesn't get dirty. Like, kids spill stuff. It's okay. Mm. I'm not sure. The Like, I used to dress very vibrant. Uh, oh. But, I don't know, maybe it's just an age thing. Like, as I get older, black just seems to be just easier and, I don't know, makes me feel better. I don't know why. Is your wardrobe mm. just all black? Yes. Oh. Basically, except for my work clothes, because I have to have some variation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, okay. it's a lot of black. All right, fourth question. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, come on. Michael Jordan. LeBron James, is, um, <laughs> his legacy is over, guys. Right? <laughs> all the young fellas, no, he's, he's, he's not the GOAT. Okay, the OG. The OG is coming out of him. Oh, yeah. Question five, if there's one skill or talent that you can have right now, what would it be? Skill or talent? So it could be singing, could be dancing, could be like, I don't know, like running real quick or... You know what? I'd love to be able to um, sprint and jump as high as I used to be able to when I was in my 20s. Were you like a... Freak athlete. No, no, no. I wasn't great, but it just that <laughs> feeling of being able to uh-huh, do it, uh-huh. I think, is what I miss. Mm. Yeah, because I've injured my knees, so I can't do that anymore. The skill to be young again. Is yes. What you're <laughs> yes, youth. <laughs> youth. That's what I want. <laughs> I, I, I realise, like, I don't, I don't think we've ever played basketball together. No. But you're in the group chat, so I do see. Anyway, yeah. question six. Um, super strength or super smart? Super smart for sure. Yeah, I see. Strength is just an illusion. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Question seven: Get married at eighteen years old or forty years old? Forty. Forty. Oh, yeah. Why is that? 
Um, I'd say 40 gives you plenty of time to make mistakes and figure out who you are. Uh, because unless you know yourself, I don't think you're equipped to find the right partner for yourself. Mm, that's some deep stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. But very true. Mm. Mm. Question eight. If you can only wear one brand of clothing for the rest of your life, what brand of clothing would you wear? Easy. I wonder what it would be <laughs> for Nike. those joining us. <laughs> Please sponsor us, Nike. (laughs) Oh, yes, please. That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. That's the swoosh. Okay. Well, that is our ice... What? Ice... Breaker. Ice breaker. Question's done. You have broken the ice. (laughs) Well done, well done. Um, Yeah, but also, like, our final question, kind of, just to ease, ease in into more deep talk, I guess, is... What is a Bible passage or verse or how has God been speaking to you recently and where mm. are you challenged? And this is a question for all of us. Yeah. Uh, do I share first? Um, everyone? I'll, I'll, I'll share first. Okay. I'll share first while you guys, I'll give you guys some time to think. We, I'm in Graceland, so the kids ministry for the Korean side and we have a Graceland camp coming up in July. Mm. And the whole, all the teachers have been going through like a 40, we're going through a 40 day fast and prayer thing for like sp- spiritually preparing for the camp. Wow. And we've, going, we've been going through Second Chronicles and we have a group chat on WhatsApp and we share all our, each teacher for their single, for their um, aligned day, they share what they read and they share like a prayer point for the Graceland camp. And overall so far, like Second Chronicles is talking about um, Solomon building the temple for the Lord and there are these intricate details of like what's on the outside and what's on the inside mm. of the temple and it really displays kind of the I guess the heart posture and the attitude of worship towards God when they care about those small things and uh, I, in contrast I look into kind of my life right now and I look into my like to, to, into the temple of my heart and I really I, I really ask myself am I really do I really have a heart of worship? Um, even going into church or even going into this Graceland camp, um, do I really have a heart of worship in everything I do? And yeah, I've been challenged nowadays as well because to be honest, I haven't been um, like regularly um, keeping up to date with like intentionally praying. I feel like it's, it's always a weakness of mine, like intentionally praying and then um, yeah, really like setting aside a time to do that and get one-on-one with, with the Lord. But yeah, I've been challenged that's that's one thing on my mind. Mm. Over to you guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Um, so I was during my personal quiet time and reflection time. Uh, right now I'm going through the Psalms and I'm doing this thing where I'm um, focusing on what the Psalms tell me about God's character. So I'm really mm. honing in of what it says about God. And so then I respond in prayer and, and think about who God is. Mm. Um, so... My last session, I read through Psalms uh, 11, 7, stuck out, stood out to me, which was, For the Lord is righteous. He loves, just. The, uh, he loves justice. The upright will see his face. And also Psalms 13, 2, um, which is, How long shall I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day I have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? And then verses 
five to six, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Mm-hmm. So I think um, it was really impactful because I was just going through a season where I was feeling a bit uh, like frustrated. Like I'm just like, oh God, there's just so much unjust things happening around me. It's not fair. It's not fair. Like, you know, having a little pity party. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading this, I think it's uh, especially Psalms eleven seven when it said, um, you know, the Lord is righteous and he loves justice so that God is the ultimate vindicator. God is the ultimate um, keeper of justice. So I can trust that even if I don't see, you know, the solution or, or the gratification of seeing justice play out, I trust that the, in the end, the Lord will bring that justice or has that justice. And so I can trust that's a part of his nature and character and people aren't just getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just helped calm my soul. Cause yeah, I really identified with that. Psalms 13 is like, you know, uh, have days have sorrows in my heart and just, you know, trying over me. But yeah, the, the response is that um, the Psalmist says that he rejoices in the Lord's salvation mm-hmm. He rejoices in the Lord. And so I felt like that was um, something I prayed over after and I was just thankful. I felt like God was reassuring me. It's like, I know, I hear you. I hear your pains. I hear your frustrations, but trust me, I'm a God of justice. And mm. I just felt that immensely comforting that God was telling me that. Yeah. No. Mm. So good. I'd say that will come in very helpful when you get married. <laughs> Hold on to that verse. I can't, I can't wait to hear more about that. Oh, on that uh, topic. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I will. I'll keep that. Um, yeah, so my verse, I've got two um, that I've held pretty close to myself for a number of years now. Um, the first one is Psalm 23, and that's, it's the first part of Psalm 23 where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Um, and this psalm I received um, sort of through some dark times of my faith journey um, where I realized that when I'm not looking at Jesus as my shepherd, if I'm looking away and I'm looking at myself, then everything seems like barren, dry land and everything seems like treacherous waters. But when my eyes are fixed on Jesus no matter what the circumstance or the surroundings look like, it feels like green pastures and it feels like still waters. So it's not necessarily that like the things around me is just going smoothly. It's just everything just seems like still waters to me. Mm. Um, But it's only when I'm actually looking at Jesus as my true shepherd. Uh, And so that was something that really gave me comfort when I was going through the tough times Um, and then another one uh, is Galatians 2.20 and that is um, I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a second part of it but I haven't memorized it but it's something like um, and I now live um in the flesh, in faith. I've got it right here. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, and so one of the things I kind of asked myself in my faith journeys, what is the end goal of a Christian? What is our end goal? And um, I think I came to the conclusion that it's really for us to actually be crucified with Christ and actually be one with him. Um, and so, um, you know, that verse really set the, what should I say, the, the end goal in my faith journey in life. Um, and I can see how hard it is to actually live out this verse mm-hmm. um, in my daily life. And so whenever I am in a situation where I find myself not living in faith, um, this verse kind of reminds me and realigns me. So that, yeah, those two. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Oh, that was really impactful, and I appreciate both of you guys sharing um, with what God has been saying through his word to you guys recently and over the past couple of years, uh, over the years. Mm. Um, yeah. But the next question I would also like to ask is, how do we know you, Tom? I don't know. How do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> Please do. What, what, what do we gather? What, this is the part of the time where we uh, kind of try and plug the charts. Uh, so yeah. where, where, do we, where do we go? Well, yeah, I, I see you guys every Sunday at One Family Church. Yes. Uh, in Granville. Where? 2A Factory Street, Granville. Everyone what time? come along. What uh, time? 3 p.m. service. <laughs> yes. But there is a, oh, and you know what? This is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. There is pre-service prayer. Oh. At one forty-five oh. every Sunday, okay, uh, and it's in the cry room, right at the back where the babies are. Are you saying anyone can join? Anyone can anyone come. Anyone can join. If you are finding it difficult to pray, <laughs> James, James, slowly uh, looks to <laughs> uh, If if you just feel like you want to spend some time with the Lord intentionally and mm-hmm. you also want to pray in preparation for the service every yes. Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a handful of us in that room every Sunday. So please come along and join us. Wow, that's beautiful. No, that's so encouraging. Do you, are you there um, every week? Yes, I try to be there every mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Judy, you know Judy you. Judy, yep. Judy and He-Man. Um, mm-hmm. the, Judy's the leader of the, the prayer mm-hmm. uh, ministry. And so um, between her and a couple of us, we try to... Someone's there every week. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome. No, that's good to hear. And actually, you, you've kind of been new to this church, right? How many years have you been uh, coming to One Family Church? Uh, so we started coming in February 2021. Mm, whoa, so was that during COVID, COVID lockdown? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, basically um, when we started coming to One Family Church, not long after it, we went into COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And so we were kind of like, what do we do? We were actually doing online service with our old church, previous church, um, as well as doing one family church during the lockdown. And then when the lockdown finished, we decided to get plugged into one family church in person. Uh, so, yeah, it hasn't been a long time. Okay. So it kind of feels like we're still newcomers sometimes. Mm. No, I get, I get that but, feeling. You know, I, I get it. Mm. Yeah, mm. but we've been here for about two years now. Okay, nice, mm. nice. And I guess as per tradition, we always ask, what are your first impressions? So let's, what was your first impressions of James? Do you remember interacting with James or the first time you interacted with him? I, did, I do remember interacting with him, uh, or both of you guys really. Um, I I heard of James, um, just because of Pastor Anton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew of you, but I didn't know who you were. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and then there was an opportunity um, where we got to um, help prepare the VFC. Oh yeah, very first camp. Uh, yeah. Oh, all, all, all three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember we were all involved, yeah. and Johan was was our leader, right? And um, I remember him saying to me, "Oh man, I need you to meet these two boys." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you guys will get along." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, and so yeah, that's where I first met both of you guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Do you remember specifically James? How? Yeah, James, like, so even even up until now, like I see him every Sunday, right? But I just, I find him to be just a very sensible gentleman. Like mm. he's always very like, you know, very kind of in Korean, it's like chomdana, but like, like it's like very well behaved and mm. like very calm and like, you know, mm. um, but I don't know why, but you remind me of my younger brother. Oh. So I got a, I got a brother that's two years younger than me. Uh-huh. But he's sensible. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's always, he's, he's a good boy, right? Um, and, and I don't know why, but you remind me of him a lot. Uh, yeah. Something. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. There's a there's a real innocence about his smile as well. <laughs> is when there smile? Is there really? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. oh, but James, do you remember your impression of Tom? Yeah, to be honest, like I was trying to think about it, like when's the first time I met Tom? Because I'd always see him at church, right? Because mm. we all sit in the same vicinity in that corner right beside the drums, mm. and yeah, he would always be sitting in front. Um, the very front the very front very front row very brave man <laughs> and just only because inner plays the drums there that's why oh yeah. yeah oh maybe yeah maybe that's why but like it's just the just the usual outfit um this is what you wear to church yeah just the usual yeah. outfit well i just want to make things clear i've got multiple of the same <laughs> jumper it's not like i don't wash my clothes okay <laughs> i have multiple of the same like so then when i buy something i buy like two or three so mm-hmm. I can rotate it around. Right, right, right. Are you a minimalist type of person? Minimalist? No. no, no. I'm not a minimalist, but after I got married, um, 
I don't know why, but I'm just not as adventurous with yeah. my clothing choice. Yeah. Before I, before I got married, yeah. my wardrobe was very colourful. I had heaps of different colours. I, I don't know what happened. My wife always asks me, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does add to your like mystery though. Like mm. I, I did my first, my first, I guess, impression of you was, oh, this guy's kind of mysterious. He's wearing all black. Um, he's sitting in the top right corner of the church. That's kind of my, that's kind of, uh, uh, kind of my sort of thing as well. Um, but yeah, like eagle's wings whenever he's <laughs> worshipping and he'll praise passionately too. Yeah, which is so, encouraging. Mm. Um, that was kind of like my first impression. And obviously like you shared, the first interaction that we properly got together was, uh, actually I think I talked to your wife first mm. and then, um, you know, was telling me how, oh, because we're having a chat during our five minute get to know each other session. And then that's when she came up to me and she realized I was Pastor Anton's son. And you guys were, go to Sesun before? Yeah. You guys went to Sesun before? Yeah. And then, yeah, my dad was there too. So, and then from there, um, the VFC happens, which was a good experience. Mm. You are very chill. And the way you speak as well, it's like hypnotizing almost. <laughs> Hypnotizing. It's like oh. it's very slow and just cuts. It cuts. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. That's great. Mm. <laughs> very good. Very good skill. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Aj? First mm. impressions of Tom. My first impressions of Tom. Um, I think yeah, I saw you around. Obviously, mm. as you do, you see everyone at church. I think my first just initial impression was like, oh, one of the church dads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the dad. There's church. many of us. Just, yeah, <laughs> there's so many. So I just like, you were in that feel, like group of people. But yeah, when we went to VSC, um, that's when I got to know you. And um, I was actually, because I noticed amongst a lot of men generally, and especially fathers um, that go to church, um, people, they tend to be quiet and not mm. as articulate. And they just, you know, they sit back, observe but i was just so surprised of how much you talked mm. like you're very talkative and i am from the outside because you wear a lot of black people normally wear black to draw less attention to themselves so mm. it seemed to me when i read you you're like oh you didn't want attention you're just laid back you're easygoing and then like i was just really surprised by your own by the conviction like i think i was really impressed when you, i heard, first heard you pray when we were praying as a group as a mm. planning committee mm. and you prayed and i was like whoa this guy loves jesus that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> not saying that the other men don't but no. but you, you're very I, I was just very encouraged about um the way you shared and the, the way you were so passionate and then we we were paired together to run the the trivia night which mm. you did most you did all of no. it. you did literally all the work and no. i was just like oh okay yeah, i guess you don't even <laughs> but then we 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 led it together but um no like tom was very um hands-on very like organized oh. good to go now your your hand was the mastermind behind that oh really? so he was like he came to me he's like hey um can you run tri trivia and i have the the perfect partner for you and i was like oh yeah and, and he was like he introduced you as isaiah to me mm. so i was like oh isaiah sounds cool and like your, sur your surname is mercado right? mm -mm. i was like oh so like fancy like it's such a <laughs> nice yeah mercado right so and i was like oh who's this guy right and then um and he's like, yeah, I think you guys, you two are like just uh, got a vibe off each other. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you. 
And then I met you. And you're wearing this, I think it was a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah. And it was like <laughs> buttoned down to here. And I was like, whoa, look at this guy's chest. I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is the guy. And I was like, wow, so impressed by uh, just your physique, you know. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then I got to know you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah more, more than just the body. Um. <laughs> yes, yes, more than just the body. But I mean, that's the first impression. It counts. That's true. That's yeah. True. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I just remember that time because we were all part of the planning committee. Mm. The whole thing. And then we all sit in the same area at church. Now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the front... <laughs> Uh, corner yeah. or row. But yeah, no. Okay, that's interesting. It's always refreshing to, to hear, but mm. yeah, I really um enjoyed hearing what you thought about us and mm. hopefully this uh, gives people more courage to talk to people. Like, you know, sometimes first impressions aren't that bad or getting to know people initially isn't that hard. You just have to go through, push through the awkwardness AI. Yeah, I find that most people, um, like when you start talking to them, like everyone's so interesting and everyone's got their own unique story mm. and their own f- color, and it's just it's just a matter of saying hi first. Mm. That's why I think that five minute time is very important. Mm. Mm. And like they always ask us to speak to someone you haven't spoken to before, and a lot of us don't do that, but. Uh, <laughs> I think like it's good. Like it would be good if we can speak to someone new. Like mm. I try to, but it's not easy as well. That's true. It's short period of time. But speaking of, everyone has their own unique story. Mm. I want to hear your own unique story, and in particularly, how did you come to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? So, yeah, I would like to take this next moment just to hear how you came to Christ. Right. Okay. So um, I think some of you guys might have um, heard like my testimony at the Easter Sunday service, um, but I'll I'll give you guys um, another rundown. Feel um, free to go into if you want to dig deeper. Dig yeah, deeper, it's up to you. Yeah. Well, I only had five minutes on that Easter yeah, Sunday. Yeah. I think I went over, but yeah, <laughs> um, it, f- it felt quick because it was really um, engaging. And yeah. Um, so. My my testimonies. Um, I so I was brought up in a Catholic family. Okay. So my my parents met um, serving as like uh, you know youth leaders um, in like the Catholic Church uh, back in Korea, and and so my early childhood days are just filled with memories of being at church. Saturday, Sunday, Kuyong Moim, which is like a, a area meeting, like a cell group or like a, a small group kind of setting um, during the week. That's all I remember. And like I did all sorts of things like altar boy and, you know, choir, all of that sort of stuff, right? And I was just like a – I was a good boy. I always mm. just um, – I lived to – I lived by the praises of my parents, essentially. Mm. So, you know, if mum and dad were happy with me and they were proud of me, then that made me happy, you know. Um, But honestly speaking, I like I knew who God was and I knew of God um, and you hear about him every Sunday. But 
I'm 100% sure that I didn't have a personal relationship with him. Uh, and so sort of when I went into my adolescence, um, sort of E10-ish, already I was starting to disconnect. Um, and by the time I finished my HSE and I had the uh, legal authority to make decisions, yeah. I decided I didn't want to go to church. And so I left church um, and I just did whatever I wanted to really. Um, and uh, from a like a career perspective, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Like I finished my HSC. I didn't know what I wanted to study. I didn't know anything about who I was or because up until that point I had lived to please my parents. Um, and I kind of like, I knew stuff that I liked and from a shallow perspective, but I didn't know where I was going in life. Mm. And so I spent probably a number of years trying to figure myself out. And so I worked in, all types of different jobs, like any job that I can get, I, I, I just went and started working. So I did cleaning, I did tiling, I did like shopping, trolley collecting, I did like car washing, I worked in retail. Wow. I, I bought a bike and I just rode around Sydney and like drew. And like mm. I had like time of just self-discovery. Um, and that probably lasted about, two years and in that two years I discovered not much <laughs> about who like where I wanted to go in life mm. and so um, my dad sort of just said hey why don't you just go and study some like business or something because that's quite gen general and you might like something there anyway so I went to I went to um, study business and I figured out I wanted to do advertising and so, you know, I kind of figured myself out. And when I entered the workforce, I quickly figured out my um, strengths. And my strengths is talking. Mm. <laughs> Basically, like, I love talking to people. And I think God has gifted me with... Uh, Beautiful voice. <laughs> Maybe not the voice, but <laughs> like the ability to have conversations with people. Right, right. Um, it's not something that I need to force. It's just a natural thing that comes to me. Like I thrive when I'm talking to people, um, whereas my wife is completely opposite. She, she's an introvert. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, I quickly figured that out. Um, but anyway, so um, when I figured out what I was good at, I excelled in the workplace. And so I started to earn pretty good money um, in my, in my mid twenties. Um, and when you get money, you have options. Mm. And so I literally just enjoyed everything that money can basically give you, mm. um, you know? And so, and I spent all of that money. I squandered all of mm. my money away mm. on the things of the world. Right. Mm. Um, and at the time, I thought, this is a great life. Mm. Like, I'm 26 years old and I'm, you know, earning good money and I've got no 
expenses or no responsibilities. I just got to live for myself, you know, spend and enjoy and do all of that, right? Um, and I think at the time, um, I had some friends that went to church. They, they had been like Christians their whole life. They went to church their whole life. Um, and um, they used to call me Dry Bones. Dry Bones. That was my nickname. Why was it Dry Bones? Mm. So, well, you know the story about the Dry Bones, right? About Dry Bones. Ah, uh, oh, the Dry Bones rising. Yes. Yeah. So what, what? I don't know this story. What? So yeah. it's Isaiah. Oh, I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 Dry Bones. So, so I went to a conference I because you meant, sorry, I was like general. I was like, is this a movie? Or <laughs> <laughs> but you meant like from the Bible, okay? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, from yep. the Bible. So, dry Bones, right? So yeah, like during that time when I was you know in my twenties, living in the world, um, these church-going friends, my mm. Christian friends, um, they invited me to various events, uh, and so I would I would go because they're my friends and I respected them. Um, and so I'd go and there was one particular event where um, there was a pastor from an international church, but he came to Australia and all the churches gathered, basically the youth gathered and he preached on the dry bones. And I swear he was preaching on the dry bones. And as he was saying, I see, he said something like, I see a lot of dry bones in this room. Mm. And I swear when he said that, he was looking directly <laughs> at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I felt that way anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think my friends also kind of thought that he was looking at me yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so from that moment onwards, I was known as dry bones. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was living a dry bones life. So right. it yeah. kind of worked. Yeah. Um, so that's how like in the world I really was. Um, and then... When I turned 30, uh, I met the Lord. Mm. And how I met him was um, I ran into a friend of mine who uh, used to be like my party friend, basically. We used to just party together, right? But a couple of years before I turned 30, he he had met the Lord already Mm. and he disappeared out of my life. Like he just, you know, he he really met the Lord. He turned 180 degrees and he wow. had a radical transformation, mm-hmm. gave his life to the Lord and he just wanted to basically get rid of every, everything, thing, everything sinful in his life, right? Mm. And, and so I didn't see him. Um, and I thought, what a dog, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, how could you do that, right? Mm-hmm. But when I ran into him a couple of years later, um, he's shared his testimony with me. And I said, what happened? You know, and he shared to, with me what had happened. Mm. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, you're an idiot. Like, why? Like, mm. you're, you're being brainwashed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he, he kind of said, let's have, let's have lunch. Because we started, like, we realized that we worked very close to each other. Mm. So let's have lunch. And so we met every week and he would share the gospel with me. Every week he'd just share a little bit about, you know, and I had a, I had a lot of questions. Wow. Um, but they weren't questions because I was genuinely interested. They were questions because I wanted to beat him. Mm. And I, had, I wanted to prove him wrong. 
Um, and that's how it started. But as time went on, my thirst for the word was growing. Oh. And so I, was, I started to read the Bible on my own. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> you know, I was like really thrown off, but I couldn't deny it. It was like a, something was happening. Anyway, um, so that went on for a couple of months. Uh, it got to a point where um, I, I heard the Lord, I felt like I heard the Lord audibly ask me, will you follow me or not? Wow. It's either you're in or you're out, basically. And um, I was at work at the time. I was reading the Bible on my workstation screen. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Which is crazy, <laughs> when the Lord right? meets you. Yeah, yep. when you meet him, it's just undeniable, right? Mm. Um, anyway, so I was reading the Bible and then I heard his voice. I felt like I heard his voice and I actually responded out loud. I was like, yes, Lord, I will follow you, <laughs> right? And the guy next to me, the, the, one, of my, one of my guys in my team, he was mm. like, excuse me? And I was, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, no, nothing, nothing. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's like a matrix moment. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just like dead silence and then you just hear him in an office. Oh, yes, Lori. It was just weird. Like, but like it was my, it was the only, like in my whole life, I've mm. never experienced anything yeah. like that. It's crazy. Um, but then even still, I, I, that happened. I went straight downstairs and I had a cigarette <laughs> and I was like, what was that? And like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I was freaking out and like, I wasn't fully, like even though I said, yes, I'll follow you. I don't know why. Maybe I did it out of fear. I'm not sure why I responded that way. Right. But I wasn't fully committed. Um, in fact, I rebelled after that. I said, I kind of said to to God, I said, well, prove to me that you want me to follow you. Mm. Like, I was very like rebellious. Right. You're still question, wrestling with it, still yeah. questioning it. Mm. Um, and, but one thing I did do at that stage was I decided, okay, you know what? This isn't nothing. I need to find out more. And so I decided to go to church. Mm. So I attended um, Sezun Church for the first time. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my friends I was coming. I just turned up on a Sunday and I just sat in the back and I was just just listening. Um, and I was about to leave afterwards. I didn't want to get noticed. I didn't even want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to hear the sermon maybe get some answers and then leave, right? Mm. And I was trying to leave, but someone grabbed me and that was Ina. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, enter my wife, right? So Ina- um, His future was, wife yes, <laughs> at that point. At that point would have been my future wife, my yep. current wife. Um, did you, I, did I, you know at that point you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the Korean K-pop music was going. And <laughs> the K-drama, the, slow yeah. motion. No, it was nothing like that. But I, I like so I knew her before then because I would see her at my friends' like birthday parties. Mm. So my Christian friends who all went to Sesson Church, um, they would have birthday parties, and so I'd go, and she'd go, uh, and I'd always see her, and I always thought, oh, she's kind of cute, you know. <laughs> but then I'd never think anything beyond that because mm. she was too churchy for me. Mm. You know, she's the church girl. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna date a church girl. And and for, same for her. She was like, 
I would never date that guy because he's such a party boy. Like mm. he's not even Christian. He's a party boy. No way I'd date him, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, but she, she grabbed me and she's like, what are you doing here? You know, like she, I was probably the last person she would expect to see at church, right? Um, I was like, ah, oh, just I, I downplayed her. I was like, oh, no, no, I was just supposed to meet someone here. I don't know. And just, and just try to leave, right? She's like, you should come back. You know, you should come back. And then um, I did. I came back every week afterwards just because I wanted to find out more. And then basically Ina became sort of like my first mentor, right? And so she introduced me to other brothers who she trusted, um, who she could recommend, uh, and so I had a lot of questions, and so I'd ask all these questions to these brothers. And um, you know, at the time, our pastor was Pastor Joshua Choi, and so I got to know him a little bit and all of that, right? Um, but then it sort of it got to a point where I was supposed to go on this trip. It was supposed to be like the trip of my life. Like I had booked it a year in advance. Oh wow. Um, but it was like we were going to do um, Barakai, Korea, Vegas oh, wow. for a Bucks party. Wow. It was like a group of 30 of us going to Vegas. 30. Whoa. Right? So big. Mm. And like this was supposed to be our hangover trip. Like it was mm. supposed to be like the most disgusting trip you can imagine. <laughs> right? That's what yeah. we were planning. Mm. Um, but then it was really conflicting because I was like going to church every Sunday all of a sudden and like yeah. I had this thirst for the word and then I was supposed to go on this trip. So I was like, mm, I don't know what to do here. Um, and I remember Ina bought me my first Bible. It was a little pocket Bible thing. You know, she bought me that before I was leaving. She said, hey, if you want to read it, read it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, and what happened was I went on this trip and I was like, I was trying to push that thought of God away so that I can go and enjoy myself, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? But the more I did that, the more I wanted to read the word. And so every morning I'd wake up and I'd be reading the word and my friends would wake up and they'll be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, and like I was still drinking. Like I, I would go out at night with them, would drink, but I wouldn't drink too much because I wanted to wake up and read the word the next day. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> right? It's, it's like I had to kind of like huck, try to conceal my <laughs> thing. And so I try to I try to like drink a little bit less. And then in the morning I just get up and I'm just like reading for hours before they wake up. And basically like even in Vegas, like I was walking around the casino floor reading the Bible and I was like, what is going on? And all my friends were like, You've, you're ruining this trip for us, right? <laughs> what a downer. <laughs> what a downer this guy is, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what happened on that trip. And so on the way back from the trip, on the, the flight back, I remember I started praying for the first time. I remember saying to God, okay, you got my attention. Like something's happening here. 
and I can see that you want me, but I want you to do one last thing before I commit to you. And I was like, I want you to take away the two biggest addictions in my life and I want you to get rid of it like you're God. Like I don't even want any of me in it. I just want it all to be you. Mm -hmm. And the two addictions was cigarettes, nicotine and and drinking. That Mm -hmm. was my two. Like I wasn't a, I didn't do a lot of drugs. I don't know why I just didn't, it wasn't right with my body. I don't know. I didn't, my body didn't react to drugs very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so I, I kind of said, yeah, you take it away. Mm. And and he did. Essentially from that moment, that moment when I landed off the, off the plane, I had a pack of cigarettes. I put it on the table. I walked away. And that's 12 years ago. And from that moment until now, I've not had one moment where I felt like having a cigarette. Wow. Like I, haven't even, I haven't even had a craving that's huge. That's actually crazy. Like it's a miracle. It's a legit miracle. It's yeah. a legit miracle. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I had tried to quit cigarettes before that mm. on my own accord, but I couldn't. Mm. And like, you know, I'll, I'll have a coffee and I'll, you know, after a meal or like if you're having a beer, like those three times and like, like if you're a smoker, you'd know. Like mm. that's the time you're desperate for a cigarette, mm. but never, not even wow. once. Um, and so, yeah, he just took it away and, um, drinking as well. Like I didn't drink for six months and never felt like drinking. I drink now, but like not, not like regularly, like I'll drink sometimes. Um, but it's not like back then when I was heavily addicted to like both those things. And so he did that and I knew my life was going to be different. So when I got back from that trip, I really got plugged into the church. I got it plugged into a cell group. You know, I actually started dating, you know, shortly after. Well, not shortly after, but after I had really committed to the church. Um, it's funny because I, I actually asked my pastor at the time for permission to date Ina before I dated her. Wow. Wow. Because I felt like he's our spiritual authority. Mm-hmm. And so I need him to bless the mm. relationship. Um, and so, yeah, I started dating, you know, um, and the Lord just took me on this wonderful season of revealing to me just how much he loved me. And even though I had been through all of that in my life where I wanted nothing to do with him he was always there and he had this planned out from back then and and so yeah it was just an amazing season of realizing his love for me um and so everything else kind of happened really really quickly and naturally after that so dating in our led into getting married to in we dated for 10 months and got married six months after. Wow. So within a year and a half, dating and wedding, done. But how, but how, how old were you back at this stage? 31. 31. Yeah. So we got married when we were 31. Both? Both of us, yeah. Oh, okay. You yeah. guys are the same age? Same age. I see. 
Ina's gonna hate that. I told you everyone. That. <laughs> we can we can meet that part. Out. <laughs> <laughs> she always says, "Tell everyone that I'm 29." <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're both the same age, um, and so yeah, we got married, um, and yeah, and then. Yeah, so once I got married, I was like, "Man, this is it. This is this uh, is this is done, man." Uh, you know, like become a Christian, meet the Lord, get married, have a beautiful wife. You know, uh, you start know. a family. Yeah, start like a family, that. and mm. then this is it, right? But um, like we've been married ten years now. This is our ten year anniversary. Wow! So July will be our ten year anniversary, right? Um, and I can safely say. Marriage is not something you just do because you do, Oof. right? Marriage is not just a oh yeah, you, this a this. It's not just a life stage. Mm. There is a God designed purpose behind mm. marriage, mm. Um, yes. and so I'd say um, marriage is the way of God. Revealing who you truly are, like you know how it says how he says iron sharpens iron. Mm. If there's no two irons, it can't be sharpened. Mm. It's because when you're one iron, you think you're the best. You think you're a decent human being. Mm. You think like you know I've been going to church. I'm a man of faith. I'm pretty pretty kind to people like i don't hurt anyone i don't do anything like i'm pretty loving you know um, you know i give where i can and like you know you're generally a pretty decent human being right but when you get married and you've got someone that's living with you um and especially in 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 my situation because like every marriage is different and i, I won't say <laughs> i won't speak for every marriage but for us anyway for how God designed it for us, Ina and I are just completely different people. Like we're just completely opposite. Mm. Um, and so we butted heads a lot and um, it brought out the worst in me. Mm. Like it, it really revealed just how sinful I am, like how much anger I had in me, how much pride I had in me. Um, you know how much like unkindness and how ungentle I am. All of the fruits of the spirit were non-existent for you know a lot of the time. Mm. But I realized that it's God's way of actually bringing me to my knees and actually making me repent. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't know those sins, if I didn't know how deep my pride goes, if I didn't know how deep my anger goes then I could live the rest of my life in this safe zone. Right. Where I don't have to repent that deeply because I don't even see, I don't even know that it's there. Right, it's like a blind spot. But through marriage and through Ina, she's been perfectly created to be my helper to bring all of those things out. Mm. Right, she's my helper. Mm. Um. And so that's what's been happening over the last 10 years in, in my faith journey. And I'm so thankful. Like I'm so 
10 years on, I can safely say I recommend marriage to every Christian man and woman because there's definitely a greater purpose behind marriage, mm-hmm. not just having kids and doing that. There's, there's, there's definitely good things about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel there's like, like a spiritual aspect of growth. Oh man, it's all spiritual. Mm. It's spiritual before anything else. It took me a while to understand that as well, but yeah, like that God uses marriage to really sharpen us, mm. prune us, mm-hmm. you know, refine us like in the fire. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, yeah, that's, that's been my faith journey um, up until now. Mm. I guess, yeah, like, though, by the way, thank you for sharing the... Um, <laughs> in-depth testimony with us mm. i think the boys would like it um but i guess the two topics that you like discussed with ij that you wanted to talk about more into detail was i guess marriage and parenting and it's been i think you're the first gentleman on this show who is who has some age on <laughs> who has some age on them second 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 your dad oh my dad yeah <laughs> Second, so but I guess your, your dad didn't talk about marriage a lot. Yeah, he didn't really. He, he kind of touched upon touched upon it, but yeah. I guess yeah, I wasn't that interested. Then. Maybe that's why I didn't. <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't ask the correct correct he questions. He already knew. He already knew everything. Probably. <laughs> He's like, I've heard this anyway. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, like you're the first older gentleman on the show, and we would like to have more older gentlemen in in the show as well. So for sure, um, mm. just to just to. Put, I guess, that out there. put that out there and mm-hmm. then yeah but just in terms of marriage I guess I guess like I didn't really think of questions beforehand so I've been like, thinking about um, yeah what I could I ask you and what I'm genuinely like curious about marriage because like I myself am not married Did you hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but he's available, ladies. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. he's actually yeah. he's, he's dating someone. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry, he, sorry. He went, Tom retracts that statement. Tom retracts that statement. I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Oji, Oji. Um, also, disclaimer, Tom, you were going to say about you, you have oh. full permission. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, I've, you know, you know, and I have been talking about this podcast today she's, uh, so she's she's okay with me talking about our marriage and things I see. like that okay. okay so disclaimer this yes. is a safe space it has been approved has been given the okay by his wife so listeners please feel reassured that um yeah this is something as mar- as a married couple they wanted to share mm. to bless other people mm. yeah i guess anyway, the first sorry. question would be like as a man in marriage like where do you see just not in not in like I guess, where do you see where men, men and women clash the most in marriage? Is there a specific area that men fail in or a specific area that women fail in? Or is it kind of something in these, um, both of both sexes? Um, again, this is just my experience and my opinion. But um, I think fundamentally, the s- Sinfulness is the same, mm. man and woman, both sinful. And uh, I think one of the core or the deep, deepest part of that sin is when we look to ourselves is generally when sin comes out or that's how sin takes form is 
when we look at ourselves. Like if you if you look at the Bible, like if you look at Genesis, the first sin, the original sin, that's exactly what it was. It was the snake saying to Eve, "Hey, what about yourself? Look at yourself. Like you can be like God. Like you know, he's enticing Eve with the idea of herself being greater than what she currently is." And then and then you know, obviously the sin happens. Mm. And that's where the first pubusam or like marriage conflict happened in history <laughs> is, you know, the Lord was walking in the, in the Garden of Eden and he calls out and husbands note this, even though they both sinned, God calls Adam first. God says, Adam, where are you? Doesn't call for Eve, he calls for Adam. And so when we talk about like the head of the household, the head of the family, yeah, like husbands, you, you're going to be responsible, held responsible for your wives. Um, anyway, so they sin. And what does Adam do? He goes, the woman made me do it, <laughs> right? It's like the first like marriage conflict in, in history. Um, but yeah, so I think the deep, deep part of it is, is just when we start looking at ourselves, we feel injustice. Mm. We feel like the way she spoke to me was disrespectful mm. or he's not loving towards me because so-and-so. Like it's all about me, me, me. Mm. And that's when a lot of the conflict happens, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. When a conflict happens, do you feel like your tendency to, or your first reaction is to, like to blame each other like Adam? Yes. Yes. How do you how do you feel like like knowing that now? Like I guess like in the in the spur of the moment when you're emotional, like you don't really think of that. But when you do think of that, like you you tell yourself in the middle of the conflict you say, "Oh, I shouldn't be blaming." Like what's your how do you how do you what's your I guess how do you resolve whenever you do fight with your wife? How do you what's your kind of mentality going into the fight like okay i should stay away from this and i should re- resolve this by not blaming her like how do you how, how do you go about doing that so i don't so that's 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 the thing like i'm very bad at doing that okay and that's why ina and i even though we've been married for 10 years we still constantly have conflict and i dare say we might have that conflict till we die like we mm-hmm. might be i don't know do your parents still fight oh, of course yeah yep. i mean they've been married for 30 40 years right but they're still fighting right mm. um but it is our mission it is our mission um our first mission i believe as any christian who the lord um gives marriage to your first mission first and most important mission is your marriage mm-hmm. even before your children mm-hmm. it's your marriage and mm-hmm. then it's your children and then it's to the ends of the earth but um uh when we fight i struggle to hold my tongue mm-hmm. like when you're faced with injustice when you feel like i'm being hard done by our natural response to that is to fight for yourself is to stand up for yourself and my gift of conversation 
also works as a double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. Mm. Like because I'm good with my words, I can articulate a response that could really hurt my wife. Mm. You know, and I know how to do that. And so I'd like to say that this is the journey. This is the faith journey. It's Over the last 10 years, I think there's been lots of times when I've tried to fix that mm. on my own strength, on my own determination. So like if, Ina, if let's just say Ina says something to me that really offends me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In that moment, I can go mm, grit my teeth and just be like, I'm going to be the bigger man. Yeah. Jesus is not, you know, right? And I can just, mm, like this, right? That only lasts so long. Yeah. Right? A couple of those situations and then I'll blow up. Yeah. Right? But that's why Galatians 2.20 comes into play is if I truly believe that I have been crucified with Christ and this life that I now live, I live in faith in Christ Jesus, right? If, if I truly believe that verse to be real, then I have to, whenever that, that injustice comes up, whenever that pride or anger comes up, mm-hmm. we have to try to nail that to the cross. We have to remember that that's already been nailed to the cross. Jesus has already died for that sin. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when my burst of anger comes out, mm-hmm. that was already paid for on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so I'm no longer a slave to that sin anymore. I can actually live in faith, in power, mm. and respond in love. I can. But the problem is I keep falling down. I keep failing to do that because I can't live that verse out. And so the more I go on in marriage, the more I realize faith is not something that I can do mm. with my own strength. It's by grace alone that we can yes. be refined and become that man that can respond in love, yes. respond in gentleness, mm. kindness. Like, mm-hmm. So if you see older men, like if you see people like your dad or... Um, other other men that have been married for a long time, I don't know if you guys notice, but a lot of them, they become men of fewer words. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They tend to like speak less, unlike me, right? And when I see someone who has been married for a long time and when they are faced with something that is offensive, let's just say, the wife, because the wife is going on her own journey, mm. right? And it's the same. He ends in the, the destination is the same. It's oneness with Christ. So, you know, we we're all traveling on this escalator to go up and bear fruit, the fruits of the spirit, right? But when she's when she can't do that, and I see someone that responds in love, I get so encouraged. Like I get so inspired and I get so encouraged to be like and I can see now oh man that man 
has been sharpened. Mm. And I know it didn't happen like that. Mm. It happened over thousands of fights, thousands of arguments, thousands of times when you just felt like when you were praying that psalm verse, oh Lord, why are you allowing my enemy, my wife, my enemy, mm-hmm. you know, to defeat me? Like I prayed that psalm in my fight. Mm. And, I, and I know now those guys, our dads, our grandparents, they've walked that journey for 30, 40 years mm. and now they're, now they can, then they are actually living out Galatians 2.20 mm. and they're actually responding in love. Like, that's my hope. Mm. Mm. So, I'm definitely not there mm-hmm. and ask Inna, she will be very proactive in telling you that I can't yeah. actually hold my tongue. But my hope is that the Lord is going to take me on this journey. Mm. And one day he's going to refine me. I'm going to be able to do that. Mm. Um, and, you know, I do, I have victories like now and then, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and those victories become more and more frequent as I mature in my spiritual walk with the Lord. It's directly connected to my spiritual walk with the Lord. Uh-huh. It's got nothing to do with how long I've been at church, how many ministries I serve in or anything like that. It's just my relationship with God, as that matures and as that goes deeper, mm. my ability to respond in love and kindness and patience grows mm. as well, I think. Yeah. As a married man, do you still have like time apart from your wife? Like, do you know how when, you're, when, when, when couples are dating, say, so yes. they're not yet married, but they're dating... They still they still have their own time apart. Is that such a thing in marriage? Uh, there should be. There should be. So, um, uh, so in, when Ina and I were dating, we had a very unhealthy relationship. In that, we met almost every day. Mm. Right, like I'm one of those guys. Like when I f- when I fall head over heels for someone, you're all in. I'm all in. Uh-huh. There is no lukewarmness in this matter, <laughs> right? It's, it's either you're in or you're out, right? So like I pursued her. Like I pursued her like she was the only thing I wanted in my life. Um, and so we met every night. And we hardly had any time apart from each other. Even when we go home, we'd talk, you know, like. Mm. But in hindsight, like that wasn't healthy we were creating a culture of codependence on each other, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically. Everything was just codependence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's harder to break that when you get married because naturally when you get married, you're with them. You're sleeping with them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so my encouragement to anyone that's dating is, hey, like, I know you want to meet them every single moment of the day. But pace yourself and like actually have some time where you can miss them. And Mm. um, I can't remember who it was, but one of the brothers in our church uh, at the men's conference I was talking to said that they're dating, but they'll have days where they don't even talk to their girlfriend. 
not even on the phone. They won't see them. They won't talk to them once a week. And it's their time to actually miss them and think about their own thoughts, gather their own thoughts, mm. reflections, all of that stuff. I think that's very healthy. Mm. Um, because when you get married, there is no more you time. Mm. Or, I mean, there is. You got to work and you're by yourself. But other than that, especially when you have kids, uh-huh, uh-huh. your time kind of doesn't really exist. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to have your own time. Like you might I have see. a couple of hours here and there, but I see. Um, oh yeah, and one big difference when you're dating versus when you get married, right? Is when you're dating, let's just say you have a conflict with your girlfriend. Uh-huh. You can still go to your own home, sleep in your own bed, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you can kind of put that fight on hold <laughs> for at least, you know, a couple of hours, yeah. right? When you get married, <laughs> you, you still- there's nowhere to run. <laughs> Is that why men sleep at the sofa? Absolutely. I see. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's why. Mm. It's because like you can't there is no escape. You got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So I'm trying to think of a question like cuz I know that our wider audience I guess like a majority of our audience are like younger viewers. So I think if you were as a married man, um, if you were to go back in time to, to when you were dating, say, um, what do you feel like is an important characteristic that you really believe is beneficial that you wish like, you would have learned earlier or like, developed or trained in um, to help you like, more in like, marriage? Um, like a specific characteristic or I'm, I don't know about character but there's two things that I would tell my young self mm. there's two things one thing is is your uh, do you live your life in constant dialogue with the Lord Jesus is my first question because if you make a habit of doing that from a single from when you're a single man because even when you're a single man you're faced with lots of trials and tribulations at work relationships family everything there's there's still a lot of things that make you stumble and like you know but do you truly um depend on the lord in those situations do you pray in those situations? Do you seek the Lord's advice in those situations? If you are doing that, then I mean, you're you're in a good position because I wasn't. I wasn't quite there. And the second thing is when I, in that you know the icebreaker question when you asked me 18 or 40? The reason why I said 40 is because, you know, I said know yourself because unless you know yourself, you don't know who's right for you, right? And when I say know yourself, this is this goes for men and women. If you're not married, if you're not even dating, if you're single, it's a great time to start reflecting on you as in you who like who you know, right? What what I like, what I don't like, what my personality is, all of that sort of stuff, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, all of that. But then also look at what environment did I grow up in? 
and how did it, how does that subconsciously make me who I am? Mm. And what what I mean by that is, children don't learn from what their parents say; they learn from observing how their parents live. Mm. So when it comes to things like communication or conflict resolution, that because you have no idea until you get married. But when you get married and you have your first conflict, <laughs> the way you resolve it is largely going to be based on what you've seen yeah. your whole life. Yeah. So, if your parents were the type of parents that would like fight really violently, yeah. for you it's natural to fight violently. Yeah. Like my 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 family. We're all a family of loud voices, and so we we shout and scream a lot. And so naturally, when I got married, we have our fight. I raise my voice. In his family, completely opposite. They never raise their voice. Raising their voice is like it's almost like you've hit me already. Like it's really bad for them, and so. Wow. You don't even think about this stuff, yeah. but when you get married, you quickly get forced to think about it. Yeah. So, so ask yourself: How did my parents fight? What did they fight about? How did they fight? How did they reconcile? Like, did they just give each other the silent treatment for a month, and then, <laughs> and then you never saw them reconcile? Mm-hmm. And one day they're just in a happier mood, so you realize, oh, yeah, they must have made up. But kids actually absorb and observe all of this, mm. and even though you haven't said anything to them, that's what they've learned, mm. and that's us. Yeah. All of us have picked that up. Yeah, we kind of had this kind of conversation on episode seven with Chun about how us as men, how we see, we start to recognize the traits that our father has, and then mm. we absorb, like, what, and then we re- realize, oh wow, we share those traits, or we've become. Yeah, like our dad, like you know, and yeah, we had that conversation about yeah. There's things I take on, but there's things I choose that I don't take on as I get older. But yeah, you mm. tend to realize, like at least for me in mm-hmm. my own journey of reflecting on um, myself, I, I yeah, I do respond to conflict exactly how my dad responds, and then, uh, even though I know it's so irrational or sometimes it's really stupid, mm. I just find myself in that position just naturally doing that. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's just. Um, there's a power to be self-aware mm. about those things, yep. and being reflecting and, and, and reflecting on those things helps you internalize and then be able to think objectively. So when you're faced with those situations, you're less likely to repeat that pattern, but mm. rather be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, that's how my father reacted. Or that's mm. irrational. This is what's normal." And I think, yeah, it's really good at a vital stage of your life when you're young. I, I would like to echo that sentiment in that when you're in your 20s and if you're single, granted, like really work on thinking about whether it be your mental health or whether it be your family dynamics because mm. at the end of the day, um, we are just a reflection of our parents Yes, uh, in terms of how we develop. And the way in which we love and attach ourselves to others um, is uh, really dependent on how secure and attached we felt to our parents. Correct, yeah. So... Yeah, we're figuring that out to know, how, you know, your attachment style, to know how, your love language, to know all those things will help better equip you to be that man of God for 
your future wife mm. and i think that we need to take that seriously we don't just be like oh yeah we'll all we'll fall into place no 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 <laughs> like you said those things don't fall into place yeah. and it pushes um people so into into growth yeah um, yeah yeah in a steeper hill but there's one way to make it easier and that's to you know yeah because yeah like i think in the men's um king's army event there was a statistic that we read into um that i saw that people that get married young have a higher chance of getting divorced as opposed to people that get married at an older age yeah and so you know that's a really serious matter it's just like we can't take it lightly and think that just because our feelings are strong for a person doesn't necessarily guarantee a strong fruitful marriage yeah so it's really good to see where you are with the lord and really reflect in that um mm. but yeah there's another thing i guess we want to talk about as well you mentioned you had kids how many kids do you have uh two kids two kids yep. ages um so josiah is eight years old and emma is six hey guys the whole oh, set emma. completed the set boy and girl yeah <laughs> hello kids <laughs> um yeah so you know, that's another aspect of where you are in this season of life is that your father. Um, yes. And fatherhood is a big thing. Uh, I guess, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask about parenting, um, mm. there are many things that you're responsible for, but one of the most important things is the spiritual. Mm. Um, as a father, how, I guess, are you helping affirm your kids in their faith or in that journey? Because, you know, anything can happen, like yourself. Yes. So, well, what are you doing? Um, uh, well, yeah. What are you doing as as a man of God trying to shepherd your kids to know Christ? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, as I said, like the children's uh, children learn by seeing, not mm-hmm. by hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And so. I, I do try to say to them loving and affectionate things all the time as well. But mm. when they truly feel loved is when they feel like they're in danger or something is happening to them. If I can go and be there, give them a hug and remind them that I'm on their team. Mm. I'm there for them, that I'm here to support them. And no matter what they do, I will love them the mm. same. Like, if I can demonstrate that mm. over a very long period of time consistently, mm. then once they get to their teenage years, like as they say, they say the child's like characteristics and like foundational emotional foundations are all set within the first. I think they say seven or eight years or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the two, five, seven, eight, yeah, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's those first number of years, the formative years, where that's your chance to really show them. Mm. You can't just say it. You have to show them just how much you love them and just how unconditional your love is because Mm. the love that you show your children is the baseline, I think, Mm. base foundation from where your children are going to be able to relate to the man Jesus Christ Mm. and our Lord yeah. Our God in heaven. Yeah. Because when we, like the biggest, the most important thing, I think, in a 
for a man of faith or for someone that has faith is knowing who we are mm. in to God yeah. and knowing who God is. Mm. Right? Those two things are like pivotal, right? Yeah. But knowing who we are to God, trying to grasp the idea that this God loves us unconditionally. This God loves like the prodigal son that returns to the father with open arms. That love, mm. some people will find it really difficult to relate to that love mm. because they've never experienced it from their parents. That's so true. Mm. And so in a way, you like as a parent, you've been given the opportunity to plant that image of what unconditional love looks like mm. in your children mm. and the rest of it, the Lord is going to mm. cultivate. Mm. But mm. let's just say my children grow up and or they go through their teenage years and they lose their way a bit, let's mm. just say, all right, which can happen. Anything can happen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, as a parent, you realize you have very little control. Yeah. Um, and so anything can happen but if you've done that right mm. in the first formative years I feel like then you can trust that the Lord will do the rest yeah yeah yeah. that's such so a um, it reminds me of um, so I've walked alongside a lot of young men mentored and discipled some youths from my other church and they come from more unstable backgrounds and some of them find it hard um to see God as a kind, loving father because their relationship with their earthly father was either non-existent or was very poor. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, I, I really agree with that sentiment that you shared of that connection of being so loving and present in your children's lives helps build a foundation for them to have a healthy view on our heavenly father yeah. because you're modeling that because you're... God-fearing man yeah. followed the scriptures and you love the same way, you discipline the same way and you show them who you're ultimately in your love are pointing them to the greater love of our Father. And I think going back to the point about your first mission in calling is your marriage is yes, I can show my kids unconditional love. Sometimes mm. it's much easier to show your kids unconditional love because they're your kids, right? Right it's a lot harder to show unconditional love to your wife because mm. she's grown adult. She mm. should be able to be reasonable and, mm. you know, right? Right, right. Showing her unconditional love, mm. the kids will observe that yeah. and they'll see that as love, mm. right? And so if I'm not doing that as husband, which I'm not, like I fail all the time, but it's the constant wrestling, going back to the Galatians 2.20, saying, Lord, praying into that and saying, Lord, mm. I want to live bearing the fruits of your spirit. Mm. I want to live and be able to respond in love to my wife. Every time you fall down, you're on your knees and you're, you're praying and you're asking mm. the Lord for help. Something happened. Sorry, keep going. That okay. means the battery's out. Okay. But it's all right. Sorry for the YouTubers. You'll be <laughs> greeted with a black screen, but yeah. oh, you still have the audio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they um, they will see how you're responding to your wife. 
Um, and oh, one thing that I, f- I really feel like is so important is the stuff around um, some people, yeah, like not all of us have been brought up in a stable and really loving mm. environment. Mm. Some people didn't have both parents around. Some people, you know, everyone's brought up in a different situation, right? A lot of people talk about how people bring baggage into marriages, mm. right? I bring my baggage to the marriage mm. and my wife brings her own baggages into this marriage. And when two baggages collide, it's all hell breaks loose, right? I think baggage, all it is, is unforgiveness. I think that's what baggage really is. So again, if you're single, this is the time for you to figure out what it is in your heart that you haven't forgiven. It might be a deep hurt from your parents. It might be something that, it might be a best friend that has been hurting you your whole life. And you thought they were your friend, but they've just been hurting you. And you haven't forgiven them for that. You really need to, this is the time where you can pray, you can wrestle, you can get counseling, you can get help, you can ask for prayer. This is the time where you need to work through all of that. You need to forgive your parents. You need to forgive your father who couldn't show you love because he received no love himself. You need to forgive your friend who has reasons why she has been treating you that way and forgiveness is fundamental i think um in our walk with the lord because that's why the lord says you know i don't need these offerings before you come and give me these offerings lay it down at the altar and go make peace with your brother before you come and give me these offerings right Mm. that's how important it is like unforgiveness i think is single-handedly the most destructive thing for a for a Christian. Mm. It if we have unforgiveness, like when I'm fighting with Ina and I can't forgive her, and I'm in that <clears throat> stage, mm. I can't pray. Mm. I can't I can't experience and encounter the spirit of the Lord while I'm praising. I can't because. That's what unforgiveness does. It distances us from the Lord. Mm. And so, yeah, if you're single, great time to really like reflect and forgive everyone that you need to forgive. Because mm. then when you get married, you won't have as much baggage. Mm. Like you'll actually be coming in with a pretty good, healthy spiritual mm. state. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was important to say. No, yeah, definitely. No, that's really important. I think it really all encapsulates, I guess, the dire need of the individual when facing any issue or even going before the Lord is to make amends um, with whoever needs to be. Yeah. Uh, needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, though. It's but, very tough. But yeah, it is, I guess, all in God's timing. Yeah. How he softens our hearts and, and works in us. For I that. think I think the the older you get, 
and the more opportunities you've had for forgiveness, you realize how hard it is, like you say, mm. for us to truly forgive. It really can't be done out of our own strength. Mm. We really, I don't know, maybe like as humans, our flesh is incapable of true forgiveness. Mm. It's only when we, when we experience that forgiveness first mm. from God mm. that we realize what forgiveness really is and that compels us to forgive others. Yeah. Right? See, see how it's like, Marriage is a beautiful design by God. Like it's supposed to expose all of your sins. Mm. It's supposed to expose all of your partner's or your wife's sins and you're supposed to forgive each other mm-hmm. for those sins. Or no, first you have to take those to God and receive that forgiveness mm. and that freedom and then it allows you to forgive each other. And then can you see how if children are observing this mm. happen mm. all the time, not a conflictless family, not a you know, not a not a marriage that looks like they never fight. Mm. It's important that they see this and mm. they see the repentance and the forgiveness and the reconciliation. Mm. It's important they see that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's been yeah, it's been a <laughs> been quite a conversation that we've had mm. uh, these past hour or so. <laughs> but um, I think uh, no, this. Thank you for sharing tonight, sharing your wisdom um, and where you are in your life stage. And I know a lot of us younger guys, and even the older guys, I guess, mm. as well, and the wider um, audience uh, would re- really appreciate. Um, the wisdom that you've shared and and Thank to you. really hear how God has been working in your heart and pulling uh, certain convictions out um, to to continue to be that witness of Christ in your sphere of family and church and and friends and yeah I guess we'll continue to pray for you. Thank and you. I think we should start that tradition where we should express the sentiment of. We should pray for you. Yes. <laughs> we'll be praying for you, brother. <laughs> yeah. More prayer, please. Yes. yes. We'll be praying for each other. I, I, want, I want to say as well that I get really encouraged by you guys because when I see you guys commit your time and your energy and to do this, because I know why you're doing it. You're, you're trying to bless other brothers and sisters, but also this is church. Like this mm. is like was this is what we're supposed to do mm. like the lord said make disciples he didn't mm. say go and preach to everyone he didn't say go and do missions he said make disciples mm. and it's essentially what you're doing like this is what we're all trying to do right we're just trying to share our lives with each other and learn off each other and encourage each other and build each other up so that we can all live out this galatians 2:20 reality right amen um, so I really appreciate you guys and um, like I listen to every podcast like I see I've seen every podcast <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> nice. um, and, and I I appreciate every single one of them because everyone comes with their own story mm-hmm. and so yeah that's very encouraging mm-hmm. yeah so oh, thank you um, thank bless you for you guys. kind words yeah thank you brother <laughs> yes but um, thanks for sticking with us if you've 
come to this point and yes. and and listen through the whole thing um yeah i hope you guys have been blessed and um yeah this is us signing off you've been listening to the king's army podcast with your host ij james and our guest tom till next time god bless and stay classy yeah.